Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I've literally had people that were serving here say, you know, I started serving, I said, all these things started happening, all this warfare, so I just stopped. And who wins in that scenario? The enemy is like, I got you, I made you stop. Now I know that whenever you try to serve, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get the darts going again, you know? What faith does is this, I'm being attacked, Things are happening, but God told me to do this, so I'm gonna go anyway until, until I win. That's how you overcome the enemy. That's how you overcome the attack of the enemy. You just don't stop going. I'm just gonna keep going until I have victory, and God will bring you into victory. Have you ever noticed that when you are serving or doing things for the Lord, the enemy's darts start flying? In today's message from Pastor Bill, he tells you to keep doing the things that God has told you to do. Don't stop just because the enemy starts throwing chaos your way. Keep going. That's how you win the battle over the enemy. You keep going. Pastor Bill reminds you that God has victory for you. He will give you the strength you need to finish what he's called you to. Rely upon the Lord. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, as he continues his message, How to Fight. Paul says, look, we're, we're at a war, but we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm not fighting with you. I'm not getting caught up battling with you, and that's not really where the war is at. And everything he lists there, these are unseen entities. This is, these are speaking of demons and demonic forces. He says, man, when the, the, the idea of principalities, these are spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly. That's where the war is at. How do you fight with demons? Can you sock a demon? Can you shoot a demon? You know, can you talk bad enough about a demon to make? No, you pray. That's what I mean. This, this is where we engage in the battle. It's got to be if the battle is spiritual, then so are. So we see later the, the weapons are about warfare are also spiritual. Sometimes we're addressing spiritual wars in carnal with carnal methods. I was just going to throw this out here. There's a pop, there's popular thought in some of church culture where. You know, you'll see people yelling at the devil, you know, um, devil, I rebuke you, right? Devil, I tell you right now, you're not welcome here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I tell y'all that's not biblical? Do we, are we, because when you're talking to the devil, you're actually praying to the devil. Y'all realize that? Who are we supposed to be talking to? Why are believers doing that? Why do people, what example in scripture do you have? You don't. We have believers that are saying, if I recognize something demonic, I'm saying, God, you see that? I think that's the devil. Lord, would you rebuke the devil? Would you bind them in the name of Jesus? Lord, would you remove that? Would you deliver? Would you? I'm not talking to the devil. That's not my folks. We ain't on the same team. We're not. We're, he's a liar, a deceiver, a murderer. Why am I talking to him for? But it becomes popular. Enough, you see enough pastors do it. Devil, I rebuke you. Devil, I tell you, I'm talking to the devil, stomping on the devil and all this stuff. Read your Bible. <laughs> we don't converse with the devil. That's not, that's the foe. I tell God on the devil. Even in Jude, right? This is, I mean, this is, this is Michael the archangel with all kind of spiritual. He said, look, I didn't even, you know, address the devil. He said, I said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Always keeping the Lord in between you and the enemy. That's how we fight this battle because the Lord ain't never losing to the enemy. He has all authority and all power. That's your spiritual covering. That's your spiritual father. Why would you ever step out from under him to try to engage the devil, right? I stay right behind the Lord. Lord, you get the devil. That's your, that's your, you know, you handle that. God got that all day. Amen. Amen. And so um, be careful. It is a spiritual battle. There are spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. They are nothing to God. 
And so we're not engaging with them, but we're, we're, that's why we're, we're praying. And so the next verse, verse four, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And so um, as much as the battle is not carnal, but spiritual. So then in verse four, we learn that the weapons are not carnal, but spiritual. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I'm sorry, they are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. That word carnal means fleshly. I don't fight the spiritual battle in the same way that someone fights earthly battles. Like I said before, people marching, people gathering together to, you know, share their vocalize, their disagreement with what different people are doing. Believers are supposed to come together and pray. What do we do when we look at the, the things in our world going in a wrong direction? God says, pray, pray for the government, pray for those in authority, pray for those decisions that are being made. What if you realize in your community things are broken, things are not right? What's the issue in the community is that people don't know Jesus. There are lost people on every side of every issue, every battle. And so as a believer, right, I've been I've been baited by people that, you know, because you're black, you should be on this side of this thing. No, I'm Christian. I'm coming on God's side of this thing. And I see black people lost and white people lost, cops lost, people out there lost. I see people on every side of the equation. They need Jesus. I can't go jumping on this side in a fleshly way. I'm trying to reach everybody for the Lord. That's my that's my position. Um, and I, I, I'm confident to stand in that. That's where God put me. I'm here. God wants to save people on every side of it. Does God have a preference, y'all? Does God love one group above another? No. Is there sinners in every shade of color you can look at? Yep. You better believe it. Is there people going to hell on every side of every argument? Yep. So I can't jump on this side of the argument with a bunch of people going to hell and say, I'm with them. No, I'm with God. Reaching out to them and them together. And so be careful how you align yourself as a believer. Be careful with stuff you posted on your Facebook. Be careful that you're representing the Lord and the stuff that you put out. That's what you're called to do. You got believers that get lost in the shuffle of every what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is saying. You listen to too much secular news, secular radio, and your secular friends, and you don't read your Bible enough. To have focus that says, yep, I'm looking at all the things that are going on and I realize that I live in a broken world because people don't know the Lord. I got to be on my job, reaching out in the love of Christ with the word of God to everybody. And so the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly, but they're mighty in God. They're mighty. And if you if you highlight your Bible, you should highlight the phrase mighty in God. That's where the that's where the strength comes from. It comes from him. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So what are the weapons? We know what they're not. We know they're not carnal. We know they're not fleshly. We know they're not those things. But what are the weapons of our warfare? If you're writing notes, write down Ephesians 6 verses 13 through 18. I'm going to read a, a section of scripture from there for us. Ephesians 6 starting at verse 13. Paul says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, Stand, um, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so in Ephesians 6, Paul lays out what we call the, the armor of God and all the different pieces of armor. I always like to point out that 
When you look at the armor of God, there isn't anything to protect your backside. That the intent of God is that believers are making progress, that we're moving forward. And so everything in the armor of God, it, it intends for believers to be going this way. The feet shod, those were like cliques that the Roman soldiers would wear, spiked shoes, the shield, the breastplate, the sword, the helmet. These are all things that protect you going this way. There's nothing to protect back there. There's nothing to protect you on your backside. One thing God doesn't want us doing in a spiritual war, spiritual battle is quitting or running away. The only way believers lose spiritual battles is to quit, is to not be willing to fight any longer. And so as Paul laid these things out, these are part of what we what we have at our disposal. And I want to just walk through them briefly. Right. He says, I have my waist girded with a belt of truth. And as believers, we need to be those that are walking in the truth. I can't really walk in truth that I'm unaware of that I don't know. As we went out witnessing yesterday, we met a, a lady that was Jehovah's Witness. And we started talking to her and I was like, how did you get into that? You know, she said, well, they, you know, it was the first church group that she found that actually taught. Um, so she'd been at, you know, she'd probably been at, at, at what I call kooky church. You know, she'd been where, you know, they shout and slap and run and dance and sing, but they, she ain't ever been taught. So now she finally gets taught by those that teach false doctrine, but it made sense because they're teaching. And so, you know, so we went through a few things with her. We, our, our, our belt, you know, he says, the thing that's holding up my waist is the belt of truth. While we encourage you guys, read the Bible on your own. Be faithful in your attendance at church. Come, come walk through the word with us. Go through an entire book with us. Make it every week so you can go through the whole book, you know. Come Wednesday nights. Come back Sunday nights. We, we make things available for you guys. And we want to walk you through the word that we be well versed in all of scripture. And so waist girded with a belt of truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Um, this is where I believe a lot of believers mess up as well. The breastplate is it's covering up all your vital organs. So in the in the regular realm, like the breastplate, this is covering things that if I get hit here, I die. He says the breastplate for the believer is righteousness. And even though I know that my righteousness for salvation comes through Christ, I can't earn it, can't work for it, can't be good enough for it. You guys understand that in Christ we're to be walking righteously. Amen. We're to live upright. We're to be people that walk in obedience to the Lord. And so a lot of people are defeated in the spiritual battle because they don't walk right. They're living, they're living unrighteous lifestyles as, as believers. Like they know the truth, they believe the right things, but they leave these gaping holes open. They leave, they leave, they leave access to the enemy just to ravage their lives, not living right. Breastplate of righteousness. We want to be those that are walking in a righteous way. If you're sitting here today saying, you know, I'm a believer. And I know that there are things that I do in my life. There are patterns in my life that are sinful and disobedient and they're there. God would say, why aren't you repenting of that? Why would you continue in that knowing him, knowing that your God is holy? Why wouldn't you get right with God in that area? You left yourself exposed in that area to the enemy. Walk in righteousness. Blessed for the righteous shoes. Uh, his feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. All believers are called to the ministry of sharing the gospel. Uh, I'm amazed many times I'll talk to Christians. They're like, yeah, you know, I just for me, my relationship goes a personal thing. I keep it to myself when I'm at work. You know, I don't want to, you know, get, you know, get any kind of kind of I don't talk about religion or politics, you know, and that's stuff like that. Y'all know, as believers, you're supposed to you can, you can leave the politics out, but y'all supposed to be sharing the gospel. We're supposed to be a witness. Our feet are to be part of the it's the positioning of the believer. When you look at it, 
why is that mixed up in the armor of God, right? Because there's a victory when you're moving in the right direction already. When you're when you position your life in a way where you say, God, I want to be a witness everywhere I go, and I'm going to be preaching the gospel on my job, and I'm going to be sharing with my neighbors, where you're going to live different, right? Some people don't share because they live in five, and they wouldn't want anybody at work to know. Some of y'all people at work found out you Christian for real. You could be a Christian and do that. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't. What style of Christianity is that? I'd like to try it. You know. Um, you know. Some people don't share because they're ashamed of how they're living. They don't want nobody to know. Um, we should be living in such a way, right? That I'm living in such a way that my sharing is not hindered. And I'm sharing that even there's an accountability in that. You start sharing the gospel with people, you, you're gonna take heed to how you live and what you do. It's a good thing. It puts you in the position of moving in the right direction. I'm, I want to be a witness. I want to take some people to heaven with me. And so a lot of believers that they think it's, you know, that's the pastor's job or that's, you know, it's like it's God says everybody that's saved is called to make the, to go out and, and win people to the Lord. Everybody's called to share the gospel. So feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace that 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 has you moving in the right direction. Your, your focus will be right as you look out into the world. My feet are shot. God, I'm going out looking for opportunities today to share with you. I'm going to get in the less foolery when I'm going out looking for how I might be a witness to the Lord. Would I be out at the club tossing back drinks with my feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace? No. It's like that's those are two different directions. Those are different things. It, 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 for some of us, it answers some of, should I go there and should I do that? Should I be with them in that way? Should I... It'll answer some things. Feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then it says uh, the shield of faith by which we can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And there are fiery darts. The enemy attacks and darts come. It's faith. It's the shield of faith. Faith will be able to withstand. Faith is the thing that will cause you to be able to continue to move forward even though attack is coming. Right. Some believers, some people, when the battle gets hot, when the attack starts coming on heavy, they retreat, they stop, they quit. It's got too heavy. I've literally had people that were serving here say, you know, I started serving, I had all these things start happening, all this warfare, so I just stopped. And who wins in that scenario? The enemy is like, I got you, I made you stop. Now I know that whenever you try to serve, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get the darts going again, you know? What faith does is this, I'm being attacked, things are happening, but God told me to do this, so I'm gonna go anyway until, until I win. That's how you overcome the enemy. That's how you overcome the attack of the enemy. You just don't stop going. I'm just going to keep going until I have victory and God will bring you into victory. Faith, the, the shield of faith, helmet of salvation. Um, the helmet that covers obviously your brain, your mind. And one of the ways and one of the areas where I see believers battle, I've seen this over the years, is if a person is in a place where they doubt rather they are saved, it's not likely that they're going to live and behave and do what saved people do. If someone's in a place where they're doubting, rather, I doubt rather or not I'm even born again right now. It's not likely that they're going to do born again stuff. If someone that doubts that they're saved is going to be sharing with the lost, you know, reaching out, doing probably not. They're doubting. They're in a place of doubt themselves. And so is it possible to know that you are saved? It is possible to know. The Bible says that his spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are the children of God. In 1 John 5, 13, the apostle John says, I've written these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Um, it's possible to know that we are saved, to know that we have eternal life. And so if there's anyone here with doubt about that, um, you want to be assured of that today.
Um, he says, put on the helmet of salvation. You need to know that you know that you know that you are born again, that you belong to the Lord. And so um, briefly, one of the ways that we know that is, is I can look at what are the evidences of being saved. God gives every believer the Holy Spirit. Are you convicted about sin in your life? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's working. Are you disciplined when you do wrong? God says, I only discipline my kids. You know, so if you mess up and God spank you, um, while that may be unpleasant, it is a affirmation that you are his. Now, if you live in rebellion and there's no repercussion, then you might you, you're in a you're in a scary place because I don't spank y'all's kids. You know, if your kids run by me and do some crazy stuff. I might look at them like you need to handle that. But I'm not spanking your kid. You know, that's not my position. Um, God says, I don't spank the devil's kids over his, you know, I just watch them. Look at them tear up like that. Look at them tearing up. So if you one of those and you out there tearing up with no repercussions, that's a scary place because God says, I discipline mine. I discipline mine. Now, if you've ever been under the discipline of the Lord, while it may have been unpleasant, it's at least a confirmation that I'm his. Um, you know, it's not the confirmation that you want to start with, but if you got that in your back pockets, you got that. So we want to know that we belong to the Lord. And so last thing is the sword of the spirit. Well, there's two more things. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And one of the reasons why we're so um, adamant about people being in the word and staying in the word is because it's this is you look at that whole list. That's the one offensive weapon. It's the one thing that you can go on the attack with the word of God. God says, know it, believe it, live it, walk in it. It is powerful. It's living. This, there's nothing like the word of God, you guys. It's a, this is a, this this book right here is different than any other book in the world that it's living. It's living. It's supernatural. It can't lie. The things that God has revealed and spoken in it are supernatural. God through this book feeds the, it feeds the hungry soul. God through this book, in this book of the words of eternal life, showing you and I how to be saved, showing me how to war, showing me how to live. I don't know how to be a, a dad, I'm, someone might say. I didn't have a dad. I don't know how to be a dad. Word of God will tell me how to be a dad. I don't know how to be a husband. The word of God will show me how to be a husband. I don't know how to overcome this thing right here. Everything I need to walk and live before God is in here. And so it's why as believers, we want to spend time in it. I find it, 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 it trips me out that, you know, most of those that have false beliefs or other religions, they know their book. But believers don't know our book. Most Christians have never read the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. They be saved 40 years. Well, you know, that book right there is still stuck together because, you know, it's probably not that important, you know, whatever. If it's in this book, it's something in there for you. And so um, as we for you guys that are doing the Bible reading with us, you know, every day I'm telling you there's something in there. There's some nugget. There's some there's something to take away from it. And so I continue to encourage you to, to spend that time, make that make that commitment, that sacrifice to do that daily. And so um, back to oh, and the last thing in Ephesians six said, uh, it said, um, and praying always. Prayer is a critical component in the spiritual battle, the spiritual war. Prayer is our communication with the Lord. And it's one of the things that it's one of the ways that, that we're called to engage in the battle. We can pray. I can cry out to the Lord about things that are going on. I can ask God for wisdom when I don't know what to do. When I'm weak, I can cry out for strength. Everything I need is available through God. And prayer is how I cry out for the things that I need. And so as believers, we need to develop prayer lives. And not just some some people are. They have a good, they got like a 911 relationship with the Lord. You know, how often do you call 911 on your phones? <laughs> Only when you need it. Only in emergencies. You know, I don't call, I never pick up my phone and dial 911. It's not a regular thing, you know. Now, 
that can't be my relationship with God is not. He's good for that, too. He's available for the 911. But I got to have an ongoing. I got a love relationship with the Lord. It should be an ongoing. That should be he should be the top number on the speed dial. Spiritually speaking, when we cry out to him, we speak to him. We're developing, you know, that that ability to pray and to know even knowing how to pray. You know, prayer is not a difficult thing for you guys that may battle with that. You know, you don't have to pray to God in Elizabethan English. Lord, thou the are greatest and the highest above all if all, you know, you don't have to. You came from somewhere where they prayed like that. You don't have to. God knows the things that you need even before you ask him. You pray and God, I'm talking to my, my heavenly father. We should be reverent when we come before the Lord. You know, you don't want to be wasting words or making up stuff. But you can pray simple prayers. God, just you're sharing, you're speaking to the Lord. You're talking to him. Everybody here wants to get good at that. There are other ways of praying, praying in the spirit, praying, you know, praying in tongues. There's we want to be healthy and develop in our prayer life with the Lord. It's a part of the spiritual war, the spiritual battle. And if you're weak in prayer, it's, you know, Jesus said to the people that as he was encouraging his disciples, he said, when you pray, go into your closet and shut the door and pray. And what do he say? Your father who sees in secret will ward you openly. He says, there'll be evidence in your public life that you have a prayer life. But you realize you can't fake that. Whatever, whatever evidence is God's going to show forth in your public life that there's a private prayer life. He said it will be evident. Right. I'll show up in a public way in your life if you put in that time in private. However, he will. Right. He doesn't tell us how. Um, but I also believe that if there is no private prayer life, that'll show up in your public life, too. And, and you may struggle more than you need to. And you may be weaker than you should be if you were crying out to the Lord. So we want to be faithful in prayer. And so those are the weapons of our warfare. And the last part of uh, verse, you know, uh, verse four, um, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but it says, but they're mighty in God to pull down strongholds. <laughs> our weapons are powerful. They're mighty in God to pull down strongholds. That might be in your own life. There would be strongholds and battles and things that you're like, man, I need that pulled down. It might be people that you're praying for. You're interceding for them. You see strongholds in their life. What can you do for the person in your life that you love, that is in bondage, that is wrapped up? You pray. Prayer is powerful. It's a powerful thing. You pray and you intercede and you pray on their behalf that God would God would intervene. Now, I'll tell you this. You don't tell God what to do. You just pray for them. Um, I've had people say, God, I want you to help them. But I want you to not hurt them too bad. But just do a little bit, just enough to give them a chance. You know, you do telling God all of you just pray. God, I know it's your will that they be delivered of that. I have no idea. I've talked to him. I can't I, I, I can't get through. I pray that you would intervene in whatever way you want. Lord, you're powerful. You know all things. You love them more than I'm capable of loving them. Would you intervene? You pray for people. And you, you leave it in God's hands. God's going to do what God's going to do. I've known people that pray for people and the people they pray for end up in jail. And then they're like, God, get them out of jail. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This might be the answer to prayer. This is the first time they've been clean for five years. You know, like maybe you've been praying that God will get them off the drugs and now they're in jail and they can't get none. You know, now, you know, you, you wouldn't go and say, I pray that God put you in jail. You know, I've, I've been praying for you. I'm still praying for you. Lord, continue to work on them while they're there. You know, bring a Bible study, you know, mail them a Bible or whatever. You just pray. God, you do what you want. God knows what people need. Amen. Amen. All right. So then verse five now. Where does the battle take place, right? Spiritual, I mean, physical battles take place. You know, spiritual, you know, physical wars happen in the battlefield. You know, there can be battles that happen in, in, in a physical realm. Where does the spiritual battle take place? I believe the battleground is primarily in the mind. And so look at verse five, casting down arguments 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so it's, it's, a, it's in our minds, right? There's a bad, the battleground for the believers is in our minds. And God says, look, first, casting down every argument, right? Every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, there may be arguments coming from the world in which we live, coming from our society. There may be arguments against God's word, God's will that comes from our own thinking. That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. In this book, Paul details many different ways that he suffered for the sake of Christ. It can be painful to hear about these trials, but it's a reminder that following Jesus comes at a personal cost. What are some ways that you've chosen Jesus above other things? Do you think it's worth it? Paul knew it was well worth the pain and hardship that was brought on because he had a bigger picture in sight of eternity. Do you have the same outlook when you go through difficult trials? We hope you continue to learn more from this book written to the Corinthians. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you'll find them on our website, CalvaryEnglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. Do you live in the Inglewood area? Then come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at CalvaryEnglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is CalvaryEnglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as a part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and possibly hearing about Jesus for the very first time? Please pray that their hearts will be open to the truth that changes lives. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us on The Transforming Word.